no doubt in my mind it'll happen again. Second and two. Uh oh Brady gets hit. The ball is out. And Philadelphia has it. Derek Barnett comes away with it. Brandon Graham was one of the guys who got in there. And it's New England's only turnover of the game. And it's the first sack of the game. Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Daniel. And we are Civil Youth, and you are listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. These are just emotions. Coming through the motions. To make it seem like I'm the only one. This is my moment to break free to a lot of tour and throw the key from whatever is holding me. We are back from the bye week, and somehow the Eagles are more injured now than they were going into the bye, but we are here. It is Patriots Week on Eagles Enemies right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia, and I am thrilled to be joined by Mr. Ryan Spagnoli from SB Nation's Patriots blog, Pat's Pulpit. What's going on, man? How are you? Good, man. Thanks, Kyle, for having me on. I really appreciate it, and uh, like I said in my tweet, you Eagles fans, man, you guys are crazy down there, but you, you, you're not so bad after all, I, I gotta say. We, we have a, a select few that, you know, kind of speak for the masses to the, the national media, but we're, we're relatively good people. And, and I, uh, think, I think we got the same thing up here, so I know what you're talking about. Definitely. <laughs> so uh, Patriots now sitting at 8-1, and one, also coming off of their bye. Uh, their most recent game, though, a kind of, you know, wake-up call, lost to the Ravens. What's kind of been the uh, the vibe, in your opinion, around uh, you know Patriots fans and and just this team in general after that loss and you know coming out of the bye week now getting ready for this game? You know, it's funny because if you were to say to Patriots fans around here uh, back in August, hey, you'd be eight and one after the bye heading into the Philly week, everyone would be like, you know what, great, that's awesome, I'll take it, or you know. Uh, but ever since that loss, it's like hell broke loose, right? I mean, it's it's all uh, oh, Brady's done. This defense isn't as good as it as it was. They they finally play a good quarterback and they get torched. I mean, they weren't going to go sixteen and zero. There's only a reason that one team's done it in the history of the NFL, right? So, or you know, nineteen and zero. I'm saying uh, no one's done that, but sixteen and zero, no one's ever done the regular season, uh, other than the Dolphins, fourteen and zero. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been tough. Uh, it's been a tough two weeks, definitely a long two weeks. You know how the bye weeks are. It's, you know, you, you, you take football for granted. And then when you get that bye week, you're like, oh, it really stinks. But I'm happy to, uh, I, I've had this game and a lot of Patriots fans have had their, this game circled on their calendar, obviously, from the last time we faced off. Uh, but I think it's pretty interesting. A lot of turnover, I think, on both sides of the ball. It's not really a Super Bowl rematch in terms of the same players. I couldn't agree more. And uh, yet somehow today, one of those players from that Super Bowl Eagles team was re-signed. Jay Ajayi coming back into the fold for the Eagles as of today. Uh, Ian Rappaport re- reporting that after uh, Darren Sproles now ruled out for the rest of the season. Um, but like you said, th- these two teams, I think there's been quite a bit of a facelift uh, for both of them. And, uh, you know, the most recent kind of departure for this Patriots team was Josh Gordon. Uh, do you have any insight on kind of what went down with that? It seemed like the injury wasn't season-ending, and then the Patriots place him on IR, and now he's out in Seattle. What kind of went wrong with Josh Gordon in New England? 
Yeah, you know, and it, it sucked because you know he obviously came in after a really troubled past, and you know the Patriots and our and, and the fans really took him in as one of ours. You know, we fan favorite. Everybody was rooting really hard for him. Still are, you know, really happy that he's in Seattle and, and in a good environment and a winning place and somebody that cares for their players. Uh, but I just think you know he lost a step. He missed a lot of football. I mean, you're talking to a guy who played, I think it was 24 games over the course of five years, right? So it's really hard to get in a groove. I mean, someone who's super talented and athletic as he is, he's probably one of the only guys in the league that could be able to miss that much time and still be able to produce. Uh, but I just think he, you know, he got banged up early in the year and just never could really recover. Definitely lost a step. He's very limited as to what he can do as a receiver. It's a lot of, you know, slant routes and and some and some go routes. Um, you know, and I think they just looked at it. They they had a they have a couple of young receivers who they don't want to let go of and have to have to cut to be able to make that Muhammad Sanu trade. So um, obviously touching upon that now too i think you know the acquisition of him he kind of fills a similar role i think what they wanted to see from josh gordon and then when they just saw that he wasn't capable of doing that they felt there was a need to go get sanu and then obviously Nikhil harry activated off of ir before the bye week all signs point to him playing this week so i just think there just wasn't enough room for him you know it's an unfortunate situation but um you know this football team it, it won't miss a beat really without him and now from the outside looking in, everybody thought that that Mohamed Sanu trade was an overpay. Uh, do you feel the same way, and why do you think the Patriots had to give up a second-round pick to get an aging veteran kind of slot receiver on this team? Yeah, you know, everybody says it's an overpay, but it's interesting. They have 13 draft picks this year, I believe. They have a first, three-thirds, three-fourths, two-fifths, and uh, some two-sixths and a seventh. Like, it's crazy how many draft picks they have. I get the second-round pick, but in New England, they really can't draft too well in the second round if you look at their track record. So it's not the worst thing in the world. But uh, Mohamed Sanu actually coming off a game where he had a career-high 10 catches, uh, career-high career high in yards in Baltimore. It's pretty crazy. Been around the league for a long time, but never was really a top option in any offense. Obviously, in, um, in Cincinnati, he had A.J. Green, and then obviously Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley um, kind of overtook some of his targets in Atlanta. So coming over, I think they got a physical guy who can do a little bit more. Uh, he's a rack machine, very good route runner. And to kind of pair him with Edelman and then you get Harry back, they get some size at that position now with Harry and Sanu. I think he and, – and obviously the Rutgers thing. I mean, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but Bill Belichick loves the Rutgers guy. Deron Harmon, the McCordy brothers, Logan Ryan was one. They, it, it, something about Rutgers guy, they come here and they play well, and he's, he's done a fantastic job so far. It's one of those weird things, you know, Howie Roseman has his uh, affinity for Florida guys, yeah. Bill Belichick yep. loves his Rutgers guys, uh, something about those programs, and uh, it'd be real interesting, because down here, my uh, my high school alma mater, we got two guys up at Rutgers, so potentially uh, two future Patriots, the way Bill Belichick so. likes to, uh, to pick them, but... <laughs> Uh, let's talk about this running game that is always kind of a, a merry-go-round circus for the Patriots. Uh, Sony Michelle hasn't lived up to last season, I think, in a lot of people's eyes. What do you think has kind of been his issue getting going? Uh, could it be, you know, the departure of Rob Gronkowski and, uh, you know, retirement and everything? What's kind of been the story around Sony Michelle not being able to kind of find last year's magic? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I, I don't I think the that was a little bit of a high pick for him. Obviously, coming out of Georgia, had some knee problems. But last year, that offensive line um, was just, you know, they had Trent Brown, David Andrews, who's out for the year now. He, he had blood clots in training camp. 
And then you lost Rob Gronkowski and Dwayne Allen, arguably the two best run blockers at that position last year. Uh, a lot of turnover as far as their offensive line and tight ends, uh, tight end play goes. So I think that's factored into it. Obviously, Isaiah Wynn has been out since week two. He will come back next week off of IR. Uh, it's just been, you know, a plug-and-play type of offensive line. Um, there, you know, Shaq Mason, who was awesome last year, hasn't really lived up to his, um, you know, ability this year. Marcus Cannon's been a little inconsistent. They haven't really been working collectively as a unit, as Dante Scarnecchia, you know, preaches to them. I just think, ultimately, it's, it's the play of the offensive line that really hasn't uh, gotten him going because this was his first year where he was, you know, fully healthy. He had a training camp under him. Um, you know, uh, it's tough. It's tough to point the finger at, you know, someone individually, but it definitely hasn't been the Sonny Michel we saw in the playoffs last year. Obviously, rushed for five touchdowns or six touchdowns, I think, last play. Uh, and last year, they were just, like I said, so talented up front. They just bullied bullied the other team's front seven and, and, and paved some big holes for Michel that, you know, he's just unfortunately not finding this year. And the storyline on every single Patriots game that is on TV uh, for, you know, national broadcasts, he comes up at least three or four times a broadcast, is Rob Gronkowski. How much does his team actually miss him? You know, they, they miss him. They do. They really do. And, and to be honest, I kind of overshadowed it. I thought they'd be fine just because of the talent they had at receiver coming in um, as far as moving the football in the passing game. But I think they really, really miss him in the run game. Obviously, Gronk. Uh, made the biggest catch of the year last year to set up the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, but he really wasn't much of a threat as a as a receiver last year. You could tell he was banged up and, and kind of slowing down. They really miss him in the running game. It's where they're missing him. Uh, a lot of turnover at that position. Ryan Izzo has been, eh, you know, uh, he's done an okay job. He's, he's been available, which has been great. Matt Lacoste has been banged up, who they brought in, was uh, showed some promise in, in camp. And then, obviously, Ben Watson's been, uh, you know, 38, 39-year-old veteran, knows the system well, but doesn't provide much as far as a blocker. Uh, so they definitely do miss him, um, but but not, not not too, too much as far as the passing game goes, but definitely in a run game. So Tom Brady came out this week and said that uh, Super Bowl 52, he still has nightmares about it. He still thinks about it every day. How much do you buy into that actually being I true, or is it kind of just – Oh, uh, let's play up a storyline since we're playing the Eagles this week. You know, it's funny. I, I, I read an article today by Jeff Howe of The Athletic, and, and kind of over the bye week, I think he did a lot of research into it. He interviewed 15 to 20 um, of Brady's Michigan teammates. It's a must-read, even if you're not a Patriot or Brady fan. It's awesome stuff. It kind of gives you a behind-the-scenes access of, of Brady and, and kind of his rise to the top. Um, he's a super competitive dude, man. I mean, he that guy hates to lose. Um, you know, it, always wants to win super competitive whether it's a preseason game week eight or the super bowl he's got the same mindset i truly think he uh he thinks about it a lot because if you remember i'm sure you, I'm, I'm sure you do uh he threw for 505 yards and three touchdowns in that game and if you were to tell anybody any football fan hey Tom brady's gonna throw for 505 yards and three touchdowns in a super bowl uh will you take that a lot everybody would say yes and and you'd think they'd win that game and obviously they fell just short so i think that they felt kind of robbed in that game obviously defensively it was terrible for both teams, and the Eagles just kind of outscored us there, right? I mean, it, it's, it sucks because I think both teams deserve to win that game, and, and it kind of came down to that last possession. So I think he thinks about it a lot, and it definitely scarred him, and it scarred a lot of Patriots fans, that's for sure. 
Now, do you think it'll carry over a little bit once he walks into Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday afternoon for the first time, seeing that Super Bowl banner hanging up there? Because this is the first time the Patriots have uh, gotten a chance to, you know, see that hanging up there and, uh, you know, kind of get that sting back. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it's a, they're, they're definitely motivated. And it's funny, too, the Patriots, I'm sure you know, they, they really don't give much to the media, nothing really bulletin board material for their opponents. Um, when you ask them about past games or upcoming games, it's just we're focused on this task. Uh, very, very straightforward answer. And, you know, the, a lot of the media guys have been asking uh, the players all week, you know, does this loss stick in your head? Is this kind of a revenge game? And they were honest. They were like, yeah, anytime you feel that, you know, you, you had a chance to win a Super Bowl and win the last game of the year and, and you fall just short, it hurts. And anytime you can get revenge on an opponent, you know, that that's what you're looking to do. So I do definitely think that the Patriots will come out with some swagger. Uh, I think the bye week helped them um, kind of prepare for this, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think they made a lot of adjustments um, from Lamar Jackson and what he's doing uh, down there in Baltimore. Do you think Lane Johnson is the most hated eagle by this Patriots team? Uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it's my favorite video is at, at the parade last year when Devin McCourty goes, Oh, someone said it's not fun to play in new England and Deron Harmon, uh, who's been in the league for six years and has played in four Super Bowls. Pretty crazy. I uh, said, Oh, Lane Johnson, I've been to, you know, four Super Bowls in six years. I got three rings. That's fun, baby. Like, you know, that guy definitely, he, he's got some real estate and some new England Patriots fans head. So, uh, I think, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely, enemy number one down down there in philadelphia for sure yeah because uh you know going into the bye week uh he tweeted out you know we're gonna have some fun at home in two weeks so i think lane johnson loves this rivalry being you know oh, yeah. existing I again too. i love it too as, as a football fan you know uh cross conferences it's it's tough to build kind of a rivalry because you only see them once every four years unless you meet in the super bowl and pat's eagles have a pretty good rivalry they always have it's always been a tight game and you know two passionate fan bases and and two, it's always good good matchups with you guys, so it should be a great game. Now, one guy who, you know, has kind of flown under the radar, but now he's getting that national attention, and he's arguably the defensive player of the year and should be in the MVP conversation, in my opinion, is Stephon Gilmore. Uh, how has he been able to kind of just transform his game to take it to, again, another level from where it's been since he first got to New England? Yeah, man, I, I think he's just so he's so fundamentally sound. Uh, he's 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 so good on receivers. I mean, he he's got the toughest task I think on the football field each week. He's going against top receivers, and I think he's allowing like an average of thirty six yards per game against them, and only like three receptions, something crazy like that. I was looking at PFF today. Uh, he's he's unbelievable. He's very a sticky corner. He's in your face. Doesn't talk a lot of smack. Let's his play doing the talking. Uh, he is the perfect patriot, and and. To be honest, Ty Law was very good. He was he was uh, played when I was younger. Obviously, I'm 22, so he was kind of in my early years when I didn't really understand football too too much. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen play here in New England. Uh, he is, like I said, his play does the talking. He's so consistent. He's sticky. He's on you. Uh, never really gets penalized. Uh, so uh, I think it'll be an interesting matchup what they do there because I'm sure we'll get into it. The the Eagles are kind of depleted at the wide receiver position. Obviously, with Alshon Jeffrey now ruled out. It'll be interesting to see if they kind of stick him on Zach Ertz, who he did shadow a little bit in that Super Bowl. That was going to be my next question. You know, with Alshon being ruled out this week, uh, the receiving core for the Eagles is 
uh, depleted is an insult to what that uh, receiving core <laughs> is because it looks like it's going to be a group of Jordan Matthews, who was just re-signed during the bye week, Nelson Aguilar, who can't catch a cold, and uh, we've also got one J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who has not seen the field since dropping a pass against the Detroit Lions in week three. Uh, do you think that, you know, Bill Belichick recognizes that and doesn't want to waste what Stefan Gilmore does and, you know, we'll see him more on Zach Ertz than on any of the receivers. Yeah, it's interesting. I Originally I thought, you know, and, and I still do think you'll see a lot of Gilmore and Ertz just because Belichick's so good at taking away your best, uh, you know, your, your number one playmaker, your best player. Uh, so if I had to guess, I, I think you'd see a Gilmore on a lot. He likes to play a lot of matchup. Um, Maybe, you know, Pat Chung does a really good job on tight ends. He's kind of that dime back um, coming in. He can play in the box and, and can play well on receivers. He's a physical guy. You know, you might see a little Pat Chung with some safety help with McCordy, which is they're so good at, and then just have Gilmore just completely wipe away his side of the field. But from an Eagles perspective, I think it'll be a big game from Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders just because that secondary is so good. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz will likely be doubled all night long. So it'll be a lot of uh, short passes to – Miles Sanders, some screens, and then Dallas Goddard will get a lot of one-on-ones. And, you know, I, I love Dallas Goddard's game. I was so mad the Patriots couldn't get him in that second round. I think that was a steal for you guys. He fits a perfect great blocker, great receiver. Uh, I think he, he should have a big game just because of Ertz being likely doubled. Now, obviously, Carson Wentz isn't Lamar Jackson, but he does have that mobility factor to him. Uh, do you think the Ravens kind of gave – you know, the league and the Patriots' future opponents, the blueprint on how to beat them, you know, use a little bit of mobility from your quarterback and then use your running backs and tight ends rather than trying to force the ball to your receivers? Yeah, it's an interesting matchup because, like I said, it's it's a similar matchup in terms of the tight end. I mean, you saw the Ravens, they go, you know, two, three back with Jackson and, and two tight end sets. That's just, it's really hard to defend because you get mismatches all over the field. Um, and obviously you got the Twin Towers and Ertz and Goddard. Um, and then Wentz can move, not obviously as well as Lamar Jackson. But you do see a lot, and you can attest to this, I'm sure. You probably know better than me. A lot of RPOs from Wentz. Uh, that's something that, that Baltimore really killed the Patriots with two weeks ago. Uh, this Patriots linebacking crew is phenomenal. Very, you know, veteran heavy. They've been around the block. You know, a lot of leaders there. But the one thing is that they are on the older side. They're not as quick as some of the linebacking core around. So I think that's a, definitely a weakness there. Uh, if you get some speed on the field and, and, and can get some mismatches with guys, that's kind of a way to expose them. And now Jordan Howard uh, is questionable for this game, but he has been you know, kind of that bruiser back, kind of getting those tough yards. And then rookie Miles Sanders has really come on as of late, running the ball and you know in the passing game. How do you see the Patriots kind of defending these two running backs and now potentially Jay Ajayi if he does get in this game? Uh, these three running backs that the Eagles have to offer now, how do you see the Patriots kind of attacking this running game and you know the receiver, the running backs in the receiving game? Yeah, I think it's interesting because you know that the Patriots secondary is so good, right? I mean, the Eagles are going to have to get an early lead um, and, and kind of run the ball. If there is a weakness on this Patriots defense, we saw it two weeks ago, it's their run game is a little eh. That's the, really the only weakness they have. Their secondary is so good. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, they have like a plus 17 turnover ratio, uh, like 19 picks, only, you know, three passing touchdowns again. So if the Eagles can get an early lead and kind of establish a run game, I think that's their kind of their game plan, I would say, going forward. 
Um, so yeah, just load up the box and just stop the run, right? I mean, force Carson Wentz to throw to beat you because really no quarterback's been able to do that for you all year. And now it's it's an interesting dynamic too because in that Super Bowl it was Nick Foles at the quarterback position, not Carson Wentz. So this is the Patriots' first time really getting to uh, get a crack at Carson at this stage of his career. Um, you know, what do you think they're kind of expecting to see from Carson Wentz, who this season has been, I, I think, very underrated in what he's been able to do. Sure, the stats don't necessarily show what he's done, but, you know, he's only thrown four interceptions this season, and for a quarterback through, you know, ten weeks and a bye week, I think that's pretty impressive. But how do you think this Patriots uh, defense is going to try to scheme Carson Wentz? Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, I think a lot of, from a, from an Eagles perspective, like I said, a lot of RPOs, Patriots seem to struggle a little bit. Sorry, excuse me there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I talked to Ben Solak on my show last week and, you know, kind of talked a little bit about Wentz. And I was asking him, you know, are Eagles fans down there a little salty? And he said, listen, it's kind of the same thing with Brady. When all things go wrong, it, it point, you point to the quarterback. And obviously Nick Foles' playoff success has put a lot of weight on Carson Wentz's shoulders. It really hasn't been that bad. Um but, yeah, it, it's an interesting matchup. I think he's going to have to – a little bit of a, a heavy mix of run pass, kind of a lot of play action. And like I said, I think it really starts with establishing a run game early in the game because that's when you can get the RPOs, the play action, kind of get some one-on-ones downfield. And I think that's uh, that's the Patriots' main priority now is stopping the run right now, especially Howard's been able to – I think he's the first back you guys have had that have had under Doug Peterson um, eight-plus, eight eight, ten-plus yard runs. It's been – you know – Run game hasn't been there for you guys in, in a long time, I think, you know, stringing off big plays. So if you can be able to limit that as far as the run game goes and force Carson to throw with that great of a secondary, that, that's kind of the Patriots' uh, recipe for success. Yeah, the running game has not been, you know, that successful it's since... Uh, it's, it's, been it's been better, better. definitely. Yes. Uh, but ever since LaShawn McCoy was traded, thanks, Chip Kelly, uh, <laughs> you know, things haven't been as consistent, but now it has definitely been on the up and up, and I think... The other underrated kind of storyline of this game is we get part two of Bill Belichick versus Doug Peterson. And I think the the coaching kind of matchup in this game is going to dictate more of what, you know, the outcome is than anything else. Yeah, and, and from a football fan perspective, I, I, I have all the respect in the world for Doug Peterson. I think he's a great, great coach. Gets the most out of his players. I think, you know, guys respect him in that locker room, and, and he's a winner, right? I mean... Um, playing a tough division, uh, always find a way to sneak in the playoffs and, and kind of prove doubters wrong. Uh, but Bill Belichick's the greatest coach, in my opinion, in the history of his, maybe the history of sports, definitely in pro football. Um, so, yeah, it's it's always comes down to a coaching matchup. And, and most times Belichick's got the upper hand. Jim Harbaugh has had some success versus Belichick. Obviously, Doug Peterson, Bill Belichick, last time they met was the Super Bowl where uh, Belichick's defensive mind really wasn't great in that game, obviously. I uh, got torched all over the field. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they scheme things up and, and kind of that matchup game, like I said. Has it been, you know, do you think the success of this defense has been Bill Belichick taking it over? You know, the past couple of years it's been Matt Patricia, Brian Flores in there, and now Bill Belichick just essentially the defensive coordinator. Do you think that's, you know, been a major impact on why this defense has been so good? Yeah, it's interesting. They have Gerard Mayo and his son Steve Belichick kind of, controlling the play calling to an extent i think belichick kind of has that last say and in crucial situations he's probably calling the plays uh but i think for the most part he's kind of takes a hands-off approach as far as game day goes and play calling 
I think he kind of lets them do their thing. I think they've done a fantastic job. The numbers speak for themselves. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of it goes to Bill. Like I said, defensive mind and coach, um, he's always been that way ever since he started with the Giants and, and, and with Bill Parcells. Um, defensive minded, like I said, and he always gets his defense ready to play. And then, you know, just looking at the matchups we have, like we said, Alshon Jeffrey ruled out this week. Um, you know, the wide receivers lackluster. So it's going to be, in my opinion, a, a very run-heavy kind of approach for the Eagles. Um, you know, if there was, you know, one kind of matchup you're looking at when it comes to either positional group or player versus player uh, from the Eagles offense versus the Patriots defense, who do you think that matchup, uh, you know, Patriots fans and Eagles fans should be looking at to uh, kind of exploit and be an X factor in this one? Um, yeah, like I said earlier, I think uh, whoever guards Zach Ertz for the most part of the game, that's, you know, he's basically your only threat as far as the receiving goes. Um, just because he's a rack monster, you know, he can go over the top, make plays, um, a red zone threat. So I think if Stephon Gilmore's on him or Pat Chung with safety help, whoever they kind of side to stay with him for the most part of the game, that's my number one thing. I think if you can limit Zach Ertz, and kind of force Carson to spread the ball around to, like you said, that depleted wide receiver corpse versus a very, very strong secondary, the best in the league. I think that's the best uh, the best way for the Patriots to be successful Sunday. Uh, if, if Ertz gets going and, and they can kind of, you know, get a heavy mix of run pass and they can't really stop anything, that that's going to be uh, crucial for the Eagles. And then on offense for this Patriots team, you know, Tom Brady could make, you know, a bag boy at a grocery store look like a uh, a number one you know pro ball <laughs> wide receiver but right now it's looking like julian edelman Nikhil harry like you said is potentially going to play this week uh you know this wide receiver core not what it's been in years past but brady's been able to make it work uh you know what are your expectations for this receiving core going up against an eagle secondary that's played pretty well the past two weeks is getting healthier and uh you know just looking to shut down the passing game yeah, no, I mean, you know, the Eagles secondary, that's definitely their weakness, right? I mean, they've given up, I think it was eight 100-yard receivers this year out of, out of their 10 games or nine games or something like that. So I think, uh, you know, Brady, they, they've made it work, right? Sanu and Edelman have done a great job. Uh, Philip Dorsett has been playing mainly outside the numbers. He's been fantastic. Brady can kind of go to him. He's kind of that third down guy. And then you, you add Nikhil Harry to the mix. Um, obviously, his first NFL game, it's looking like uh, he hasn't played since week one of the preseason versus the Lions where he only got three snaps, caught two fantastic jump balls along the sideline, got great body control. I don't know how much we'll see of him, maybe anywhere between the 15 to 25 snap count rate is probably what I'd say for a good guess. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, the Patriots, that's definitely – I think that's that approach they're going to – and, and they, they kind of took that versus Baltimore. They moved, they moved the ball, especially in the second half, very well versus uh, Baltimore. They kind of went up-tempo a lot, basically played no huddle offense. Uh, and stuck to one personnel grouping the entire second half. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll see that much to that extent Sunday, but uh, they're definitely getting more consistent in the passing game because, quite frankly, they have to because that run game has just been so, so inconsistent uh, all year long. And I think the one guy that gives Tom Brady those nightmares about Super Bowl 52 is Brandon Graham. He's had a majority of his sacks in the last five games, six of them to uh, be exact. You know, how do you kind of anticipate this Patriots offensive line that you said is a little banged up from where they kind of expected it to be to uh, kind of attack this Eagles pass rush that also includes guys like Fletcher Cox, uh, Vinnie Curry, and uh, Derek Barnett? Yeah, it's 
it's really that that is a, an interesting matchup, and and like I said, uh, from, from a Patriots standpoint, kind of looking at matchups, that's the biggest one for me, just because that offensive line has been so uh, so inconsistent and, and really just really bad, and it's really uncharacteristic of the Patriots. Like I said, it's been a revolving door left tackle. Uh, Marshall Newhouse is like statistically the worst left tackle. Thankfully, looking like only one more week of that on a consistent basis, getting Isaiah Wynn back will definitely be uh, helpful to that offense and offensive line, but. Yeah, that's definitely a test going uh, going up in the weekend. But obviously, like I said, both teams getting that kind of those two weeks to prepare for each other. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all matches out. And then I'm pretty sure Brady's only been sacked, uh, was it like 16 or 19 times this entire season, which is just absurd too, like you said, with the kind of a turnstile offensive line with Isaiah Wynn being out. Uh, you know, if, if Brandon Graham is able to get after Tom Brady, if Fletcher Cox is able to get to, to Tom Brady, do you think that kind of – disrupts you know the way that the Patriots attack the uh the passing game absolutely and, and I think you know the, the sacks don't really necessarily speak to that offensive line being better than what it, what it looks like I mean Brady's been pressured all all year long and I think you know him not being a mobile quarterback I guess you could say and 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 athletic he is super super uh his pocket presence is unbelievable he's moving up in the pocket moving outside i think he's moving better in the pocket than he has in years like i said he's kind of running for his life back there he's made some tough throws on the run um so that's definitely a way to beat him get him get him uncomfortable you know pressure him get him get some qb hits on him early uh to kind of get him off his game but uh the past couple weeks it's been tough in that pocket for brady and he's been really really good uh moving up like i said moving outside the pocket making some tough throws now, uh, just a, a player versus player matchup that you think could kind of change the the dynamic of this game. Whether it's Brady going up against that secondary, whether it's Brandon Graham against that offensive line, who do you think a player from either team is that could you know flip the script a little bit and uh, you know make for uh, a game changing moment that swings things one way or the other? Yeah, I think obviously you guys getting Jalen Mills back a few weeks back, he, he looks to be healthy. That that's a big get for you guys but realistically i mean it's julian edelman he's definitely the mvp of the of the offense so far this year um the x factor of that offense kind of without him uh this offense really really is nothing um i think if he's on his game and, and doing his thing out of the slot and kind of that z receiver um he can make life tough for for opposing secondaries especially the eagles one which is hasn't been great all year long uh that that's kind of him he can do a little bit of everything great route runner catches in traffic goes over the middle uh julian edelman is my x factor i think if he can get going and then obviously mix in you know the muhammad sanu and and philip dorsett and get Nikhil harry some catches early on that's that's a big matchup for the patriots and then uh in your opinion from a, a patriots kind of perspective how do you see the the eagles potentially you know pulling the upset and beating this patriots team and on the flip side how do you see the patriots beating this eagles team yeah, I think uh, it's definitely – I see the spread and I see three, three-and-a-half, and I get nightmares because uh, <laughs> last time the Patriots were three-point favorites, everybody thought it was free money in the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot closer. I think the Eagles, you know, they're going to get up for this game. The Patriots are going to get up for this game, like I said. Uh, both have a lot to play for. Uh, I think for, their, for the Eagles, on an Eagles perspective, it, it's a statement game for them, right? I mean, it's kind of been an up-and-down season. I've had some tough losses – but also some big wins, like you know, beating Green Bay at the last play of the game, right there. Uh, it's it's a big statement game for the Eagles and also for the Patriots too. Like I said, a revenge game, a game to show that they can beat a good quarterback with that defense. The defense is for real. 
Um, so yeah, it's an interesting matchup, and I think it's going to be close. Like I said, it's always it's always a battle with you guys over there, and and uh, both teams get up to play. Ryan Spagnoli, you're the absolute best. Uh, let everybody know where yeah, they can you. Uh, follow you on on the social media uh realm of things where they can read all your stuff and listen to your uh your patriot nation podcast as well yeah absolutely thank you thank you so much for that thanks for having me on i, I really appreciate it um ryan underscore spags on twitter uh i read for at pat uh, pat's pulpit.com through sb nation uh you eagles fans familiar with bleeding green uh it's the patriots version of that my podcast every friday uh the patriot nation podcast which i don't think eagles fans are gonna listen to but hey makes you might see you again uh but really the draft do a lot of draft work after the season that that can kind of be uh familiar for for any team whether it's you know it's some patriots targets but kind of go through each position and what what the team needs do a lot of draft stuff there so if you're ever interested in that follow me at ryan underscore spags and kyle thanks so much for having me on and, and and best of luck sunday it should be a great matchup absolutely man and who knows if we get another uh super bowl rematch down the line this season we definitely will be having you back on, and we definitely will have to get you on for some draft coverage during the offseason, man. Best of luck awesome. this weekend, and uh, appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, hop on the show. No problem, Kyle. Thanks so much, and uh, good luck Sunday, and, and we'll definitely talk soon, man. Well, there you have it, Eagles fans. This game is still giving Patriots fans and Tom Brady nightmares. It's going to be one hell of a game, 4.25 p.m. Eastern Time at the link. Eagles-Patriots, a Super Bowl 52 rematch. Jay Ajayi is back, and uh, I'm expecting a, a close game as well. Not too sure who's going to come out on top, but it's going to be interesting, and I'm very excited to see Carson Wentz in his first action against this Patriots team in his career. You know, obviously wasn't playing in the Super Bowl uh, back two years ago, but I think this is a true test for everybody involved. Like uh, Ryan said, for the Patriots as well and for the Eagles. So it's going to be one hell of a game, and I'm very excited for Sunday afternoon. But as always, guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews with your thoughts on this game, who's going to win, X-Factors, key matchups, all that good stuff. We want to hear from you. You can also follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, follow and stream us on the iHeartRadio app, and you can also subscribe to us and listen on Radio.com. Got to thank Ryan Spagnoli once again for coming on the show. Make sure you check him out on Pat's Pulpit and on Twitter, and uh, we will catch you guys next week for Eagles Seahawks that got flexed to 1 o'clock, so we get a little bit of a nice early game instead of having to stay up all night. But uh, hopefully the Eagles pull out a win against the Patriots, and we are celebrating another big Victory Monday this coming week. So for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia, I'm your host, Kyle Bennett. This has been Patriots Week on Eagles Enemies right here for the 2019 season. Let's go, Birds. We'll catch you guys next time.